Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> this is episode one, Love Me Tender from 1956. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Uh, and I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, we are here, blessed by another Nicolas Cage movie, giving us reason to get together That's again right. after years of us talking about doing Viva Pod Vegas. We are finally yes. here, having watched the first Elvis Presley movie. We made it. We're here to talk about it. Yes, uh, Love Me Tender. Uh, it has been years of us in the back back room talking about projects and what we'd like to do, and we have been threatening each other with this one for a long time now, so I'm glad that we finally had reason to pull the trigger. It is very exciting. There is a lot that I have to say about this movie. Oh. Um, before we get going, I think this is an interesting place to start because this is very clearly not an Elvis movie. Right. This is a movie with Elvis Presley in it. Yes. He's not the star. Nope. He dies. He dies. He gets Spoiler. Yeah. So his mom was at the premiere, and oh. she burst into tears when, when she died. saw Elvis dead. And Dude, I'm said, sure every, everybody burst into tears. She said, promise me that you will never die in another movie. Oh, and I promise you, mama. Very nice. <laughs> I think he dies one more time. I didn't see what movie okay. it was. I think there's one other movie where he dies. Okay. So All we're right. going to get to that at some point. Uh, His mom yeah. was devastated. This is basically a Western, cookie-cutter Western, I'd say. But like, not a, I, this is a good movie for him to sort of get his bearings, I feel. Let's use this, what we probably should have used the episode zero for, mm-hmm. but we just rambled about other <laughs> nonsense for a while. Let's Before we talk about Love Me Tender, let's talk about Elvis Presley as okay. an actor. Let's do it. So before he was a singer, he wanted to be an actor. He apparently worked at a movie theater right. when he was a kid, loved watching James Dean movies, Marlon Brando movies, Tony Curtis movies, hmm. studied their acting, learned their lines from their movies. I could see a little Tony Curtis in here. Apparently, when he showed up on set for this movie, he not only knew his lines, he knew the entire movie. Oh, it's one of those guys. So early on said, I don't want to sing in movies. I want to be bigger than my songs. Uh, I want to be taken seriously as a film star. Oh, well. Colonel Tom Parker, Tom Hanks himself, said, <laughs> One day. No, 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 no. That's not what we're here for. The script doesn't matter. The soundtrack matters. Yeah. You're going to be singing all these movies. You're, yeah, you're a commodity, boy. There goes there, that. Yeah. Although, I will say, look, you will get a chance to shine. It's not all about singing. I mean, just based on this first movie alone, like, there's lots of songs, but it's not just about singing. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In March of 1956, the movie comes out in 1956. In March of 56, he does a screen test for okay. Hal Willis. It takes three days. Elvis perce- performs two scenes from The Rainmaker, and he lip syncs to Blue Suede Shoes. Okay. Because Francis Ford Coppola ended up making The Rainmaker with uh, Matt Damon. Gotcha. Maybe it's a, is it a remake? I, mean, I think so. Hal Wallace. I don't know if I said Hal Wallace. Hal Wallace. So Wallace's partner, Joe Hazen, said, quote, as a straight actor, the guy has great potentialities. That's not a word. (laughs) His first screen test, a scene from the William Inge play The Girls of Summer, resulted in drama coach Charlotte Clary saying, quote, now that is a natural-born actor. Whoa, okay. He does feel in this movie like he's got a burst of something. He feels comfortable, I'll tell you that much. I I don't know if he's fully aware of what's going on, but he seems to want to be there. Real hot take. Kid's got something. <laughs> I think he's going to be something. I'll just tell you, if he doesn't make it in acting, he's you know I think he's got some backup. So we were talking about the timeline of this all. This is crazy. So he was born in 1935, right? This movie comes out in 1956. Mm-hmm. So he was 20, 20, probably 21 when he when he shot this when this came out, right? His first singles came out in 1954. So he was 19 when his first singles came out. His first albums came out this year, 1956. Wow. That was Elvis Presley was the first one. Then Elvis, which is when I got for a dollar, mm-hmm. the second one. He is barely a he, he's a baby. And he's already this massive star. And he's not even a music star for very long when he's suddenly, like, yeah. in the movies. He's, like, immediately in the movies. The main thing that I, I kind of occurred to me watching this and, like, doing this project and stuff is, like, there was, you know, now we really take for granted the internet and stuff. But even growing up, we I had MTV. Well, you want your MTV. I, we all wanted it, and we all got it. You know, we were accustomed to seeing the people who were singing the songs and like back then like people not everyone had tv tv was really new and expensive you could go to the movie to see elvis like everybody like he could reach so many more people and plus it's like an hour and a half like music video like you'll go and you'll see four elvis songs he's performing them as if they're like there's no word for it back then so they just called it musical but this is sort of beyond the musical because like he seems like one of the first guys like because it's not a musical it's not a musical and and not like sinatra who is like a much different demographic like this guy was targeting, they were targeting the teen demographic, and, like, they took this dramatic Western and injected it with Elvis and, like, turned it into something hybrid, and it's kind of crazy. I really feel like this is, uh, 
like a nexus point, like the forerunner to a lot of stuff to come. Yeah, and we're going to get to that because I have a lot of trivia about sort of the evolution of this movie. After he does his screen test for Hal Wallace, uh, Wallace offers him a contract for one movie yeah. with an option for six more. Whoa, that's a big option. Contract was finalized in April and said that he could do a movie, one movie per year for another studio as well. So this is basically oh, cool. locking him down for Paramount. He could do one one a year for... So because we, we're doing 30, or there's like 30 movies in 13 years. So he's doing Damn. two and a half a year. So he was considered for the rat race. Okay. Not the Seth Green rat race. No, no, no. Different rat race. And the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Those didn't, like, they just, they didn't. Did not pan out. They had an idea to pair him with Jerry Lewis. Oh, okay. That didn't work out. They turned to Love Me Tender, the movie we're talking about today. Uh, a role that had been turned down by Jeffrey Hunter and Robert Wagner because it was too small. Oh, look at that. Once Elvis gets there, they're like, oh, we got Elvis. Uh, let's jack up the, you know. That's cool, yeah. That's, role. that's almost like what we were talking about with Cage and Primal, where it seems like we got Cage for this role. We got to change the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so according to Presley's then-girlfriend, June Wanico, Wanico okay. she said he was reluctant to take the role because it was so small and because he died in the end. She told him, characters' audiences are most likely to remember are the ones who have a tragic fate. Yeah. They're going to remember that you die. And he's like, I'll do it. That's smart. And then I said, you know, his mom cried. And then Maggie laughed. She's such a little trooper. So then producer for the film, David Weisbart, said, quote, I think he provides tremendous additional value in the role, a.k.a. this movie made back its budget on the first weekend because it made a million dollars its first <laughs> a- weekend. A.k.a. thank God Elvis took this right? part and turned this nothing movie into something. Quote, he will surprise a lot of people who go to see him because his presence, they think his presence is just a gimmick. Or they're going to see him because they think he's a gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, he plays an acting part in a legitimate story. He does it very well. He sings, but the script is so constructed that the situations are logical. Well, when the family is, t- <laughs> yeah, when it's the, close. When the family is together after the war or at a bazaar and a picnic, there are folk tunes or hoedowns that, yeah. except for the title piece of ballad, have Elvis's rhythms. Yes. With his long brown hair and his sideburns, he looks legitimate too. In terms of the period, this is a Civil War movie, so he does look like he. Yeah, I was questioning though. These are not Civil War era songs. These are songs from the fifties, and like that's what was so jarring about the period piece. You know what yes. I'm saying? I was like, it's not that I want him to sing like "She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain" or you know a song that was popular then, but like it did sort of jump out at me as like this isn't a song you would sing in like the 1800s. My favorite part of this movie, which made me laugh every time, is when he's at the picnic, when they're at like the build the schoolhouse. Yeah, I love there, that. There's the sign, which is maybe my favorite sign in any movie ever. Help finish the schoolhouse. Buy something even if you don't need yep. it. <laughs> Basically just give us money. But he's performing two songs, like a, kind of like a fundraiser. And this is 1865. <laughs> he's doing his Elvis hip dancing to audiences 90 years before, like, he collectively broke the brain of society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was <laughs> like, if you've ever wondered what people in 1865 would have thought of Elvis, captured on film. There you go, right Because he's, exactly like, doing it. his, like, thing, and then he'll just, like, stop, and he'll just do his, like, hip, oh, yeah. his quiver. The girls in the crowd will lose their mind. But I'm thinking, this is 1865. Like, they're not, <laughs> no. they're not, like, it's basically. Ed Sullivan. It's the Back to the Future, like, your kids are going to love it. But, like, this is, like, your great-great-grandkids are going to love it. Because this is, like, it's, like, four Dude, generations before that. It's so funny you say Back to the Future, because I was thinking Back to the Future 3, where you have ZZ Top playing one of their songs, but they're actually playing it in the style of the 1800s in that movie with, like, fiddles yeah, and Yeah, no, drums. this is just 50s rock and roll, <laughs> but, like, in not, 1865. Yeah, it's like being, it's like, yeah, it's like the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> the last quote that I took from the wiki, the Los Angeles Times review of this movie said, quote, Elvis can act to help which I love that they wrote this. So help? S apostrophe help. So help me. But <laughs> so help me, the boy's real good, even when he isn't singing. Huh. So this movie was originally going to be called The Reno Brothers, because that's yes. the last name in this. But when advanced sales of Love Me Tender, the single, passed a million, they were like, mm, we're going to name the movie that, so people know that this so is that. So smart. So fucking smart. This is the only time in history that Elvis Presley played a historical figure. Yes. The Reno Brothers. I've seen, I was telling you before, this is like one of five or six like token plots for Westerns. Definitely have seen this movie like five times before. Where it's just, well, we haven't gotten into the plot net necessarily yet, but like this is a very standard plot for West. And I love the, I love the idea of it, but um, you know. So here's the plot of the movie: is that the movie is about Elvis's brother, played brothers. by brothers, it's, but yeah. mostly the one, mostly the one brother, Richard Egan, yeah, who plays Vance. It's a great voice, Vance. and he's 14 years older than Elvis. So he was okay. born, I think, 1921. Elvis is born in 35. So he's okay. like the older brother by kind of a lot. And they're off in the Civil War. 
Yes. And Elvis, I think, was too young to go to the Civil War because he's probably supposed to be like 18, maybe 15, even though they were taking anybody. He was probably like when the war, maybe he was 14. And by the time it ended, he was 18 or whatever. I feel like the like, yeah, I feel like he was too young before the war started to go out. But now that it's over, he would have been okay to fight or something. So Vance and his other brothers are at the war. The war is over. They're like, you know, Robert Lee. The, the movie starts and it's a bunch of northern guys going, the war is over. The war is over. <laughs> Vance and all of his, you know, his, his basically his platoon. Yeah. His motorcycle gang, because that's what this movie is about. That was my guess. And they kind of are a motorcycle gang. They basically are. They have what they call the spoils of war. They have like $12,000, which a crazy amount of money. Well, they, rob, they rob the livery after the war is over, so they don't know the war is over. They think it's still going on. So they're like, yeah, we'll rob the North and take their money. But then later they're wanted for that. So they have a lot of money. Yeah, tons And of then money. they return home. Right. But in the meantime, Elvis's family had gotten, especially Mama Vance, Mama Reno, had gotten word that Vance was killed. Right. And so in the time between that and that, the woman that Vance was promised to, this woman named Kathy. Gorgeous. Um, who is played by Deborah Paget. Yep. Her parents were killed. Mm-hmm. So she moved in with Elvis mm-hmm. and with Elvis's mom. You know, she was basically not promised to, but she was going to marry Vance. Betrothed. Yeah, and they, they took her in. But then they got word that Vance died, and so Elvis and Kathy get married. It's a real brothers situation going on. You remember that movie Brothers I've been bringing up a lot lately, where Tobey Maguire goes to war, and he's married to Natalie Portman, and he's considered dead or missing in action, and so she gets together with his brother, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. It's a real brothers situation. (laughs) So Elvis plays a guy named Clint Reno, and so he marries Kathy, and they've been married for three months. It's not like they've been married a while, but he's like, he's like, Vance, I'm so in love with her, and he's like, I can tell. Like, they seem, like, he seems okay with it. Yeah, because he's like, look, you thought it was dead. You took her in when she needed to be taken in. Yeah. and I mean, mean, look at her. She's beautiful. How can I blame you? And even though they did do the deed, Vance tells Clint they didn't, and Elvis accepts that, and so, like, it's a weird kind of thing where it's like, all right, brother, like, yeah, you could have, I don't know. And so, basically, as the movie goes on, Elvis is sort of, not gaslit, but he's sort of gaslit. Kinda. Yeah, he is. Like, all of Vance's friends are like, oh, no, Vance still loves Kathy, and Kathy still loves, like, look at, like, look at, and, and Elvis is... And, and they kind of do. And they kind of do, but also, like, by the end of the movie, like, they're very clearly like, I, like I'm like i not going to get in the middle of this. Like, yes. you, you, are, you are his now, like, not that you're property, but, like, you're his now, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be yeah. a jerk about, like, you're, yeah. you're I'm not going to ruin this yeah and like vance even gets convinced to return all the money and everything like there's a really cool moment where the gang like kind of accidentally breaks him out of that train remember like they 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 free him from a train he doesn't really want to get freed from which complicates because they're like why would he confess if he was just going to get broken out like well he didn't want to get broken out. He didn't out. want to get broken out, and he didn't know he was even going to confess at the, the time. Cops, the cops in this movie are, like, on par with, like, Gone in 60 <laughs> Seconds. They're, like, they're competent cops. They're, like, oh, yeah. Like, they get the clues right away. They're, like, oh, yes, okay. As the movie goes on, you know, it's Vance trying to kind of reconcile with the fact that they should give the money back. Because mm-hmm. they're, like, sort of spending a little bit of money here and there. And then they realize that the war is over. So it's it's he gets arrested. He's going to give the money back. Elvis is being gaslit to be like, oh no, Kathy and Vance are still in love. Yeah. Elvis is then, because he's kind of the innocent, because he's not actually part of the thing, he's kind of the go-between. So Vance is like, yeah. go tell the sheriff that we're going to return the money, we're going to meet here, I'm going to give the money back. Elvis is like, you got it, boss. And he mm-hmm. goes, but then when he comes back, there's sort of like three good friends and there's three bad friends. Right. And the three bad friends are like, oh no, you like this is not going to happen. And then there's like a shootout. And I sort of had read sort of spoil myself that Elvis was going to die he did not die in the way that I thought he was going to die mm-hmm. like the bad friends are like we need the money and then they start shooting at Vance and then Elvis is like oh this isn't going to happen they say he starts shooting at them like they hit Vance I think right he gets hit but he goes down so but he's not dead it's... and then the bad guys shoot and kill Elvis yeah Kathy mourns his body it's insane they bury him in the family graveyard, and then the, the ghost, ghost of, Elvis of Elvis sings Love Me Tender over the closing credits. Oh my god, it's but, insane. But apparently, the crowds who saw test footages, test screenings, were so bummed that Elvis died, they're oh, like, they alright, the ghost was after the fact, because they're <laughs> okay. like, Elvis can't be, like, he needs to live on. Yeah. So yeah. they brought him back, and they that's, had him singing at the end there. That's beautiful. I was kind of like, oh, this is very 
bland sort of not boring but like i've seen this before yeah. like i want i want i was waiting for them to use elvis right aside from the singing and dancing he doesn't show up like for that. a while yeah and i love how he's introduced in a deep background like that out of focus and he comes like running up in the screen there was a moment in this movie everything kind of clicked for me and i got really excited and it's sort of towards the end when the gang shows back up and they're trying to tell elvis like oh no she's going to meet your brother they're still in love this and that elvis gets so goddamn angry furious and starts beating his wife he pushes her pushes and like her. shakes her and slaps and he, her he sla- he hits her but it's behind the horse so yeah. you can't see but she but comes you up see it and you hear it and you she comes up holding her face yeah. with her hand he goes into a cage rage dude yeah. i couldn't believe it i was like i think cage is drawing from this this performance yeah. or from maybe more elvis down the line because he reached a place of realness in this that i was definitely not expecting and i was like damn elvis this is awesome considering that he's 21 years old this is his first movie yeah this is like cage and valley girl kind of right like this is <laughs> off to a good start like again yeah. this is not so from what i've heard this is one of his better movies <laughs> i don't know what that means exactly <laughs> i think it's a good movie i think it's well paced yeah i think it's very watchable there was something very charming about the fact that we were watching like it's like oh black and white like i was just expecting them all to oh, be color looks amazing right? it looks great some of the compositions are insane everything about this is really good and i was just like oh and like this is like i think a really great way to start off i just think that it's interesting that we're in basic not starting with an Elvis movie because like the, the part yeah. he was supposed to play when they had Elvis they added lines they added the songs like we need to make this bigger but I think all things considered like not knowing what this project is going to be this is a good place to start yeah it's weird because you know if if the if this character wasn't always this meaty I I'm kind of wondering now is did they even add the whole thing where he married the girl? You know what I'm saying? Like, it almost feels like maybe that's where they added and constructed, like, an extra plot point. Maybe I the wonder. brothers were just supposed to come home and hide the money and that maybe. whole thing. And they added this whole stuff with the brother and the girlfriend and the marriage. Because there stuff. is stuff toward the end when, like, she knows where the money is in the stables or whatever. And she goes in there to get it. And there's the Union mm-hmm. soldier. And he's just like, I can't let you out without searching. She's like, okay, search me. Yeah. And, like, that whole works even without Elvis, right? Right. And then, yeah. Because she's a woman. Like, he, like, left. He's like, all right. Uh, whatever it seems a little like maybe that's sort of the expansion there so so when this movie played in theaters every time elvis said a line every girl in the crowd was <laughs> screaming and no one could hear mm-hmm. what was being said elvis told his friend cliff Gree- cliff, cliff gleaves that he was so embarrassed by this oh. and it prevented him he felt from becoming a serious actor being considered a serious actor because yeah. like he was just like the sex object which is a bummer because when you watch this when you watch his like enthusiasm and then his anger like you were saying yeah there's something here to him i mean if he's not elvis he's not in this movie i mean maybe maybe he is but he's in this movie he's in this part like the part is this because he's elvis but if he's not elvis if he's just an actor yeah this could be the start of something amazing right right like because i feel like if he's not Elvis, he probably would have been the one of the other brothers who has like two lines, right? And that's probably what the part was before he came along, and they just they found an opportunity to sort of like expand it and stuff. But you're right, you're totally right. Like I, I think he's got the chops. Like I think he's just multi-talented, is what it comes down to. And I do feel that the rest of his movies are going to be tailored to him like stunty and gimmicky yeah like an elvis like you said like this isn't an elvis movie i don't think we're gonna get another one of these like i think from now on it's all gonna be tailor-made for yeah, the elvis, fact which we... is which i think might not be the best thing like i want more things where he's just like like we talk about now how it's great when cage just does like or, so, or keanu just comes yeah. on and does like a, you know two scenes or something we're never gonna get that again like the fact that we have a movie at all that's not an elvis movie i was like oh this is not what i expected at all like i expected everything to be like uh because we talked about it in the thing in the intro in the, in the first yeah. in the zero episode zero i sort of pictured all of these and this is but it's not as much a way to sell the soundtrack yes it's like we need to make money on the music so we're gonna frame a movie around it and like you were saying give people a way to see Elvis yeah and then on the way home from the theater stop at the record shop get the 45 or whatever I think by the end of this run we're going to realize like we're watching the record like we're literally Uh the movie isn't it's not even like it's going to be a whole other beast like because what's weird about this and I, I, I really want to like that's what I'm most curious about how forced in in whatever regard yeah the songs are to the narrative because this movie you take all four songs out it's fine yeah, They're, they don't add and, a thing. And, and you might even have someone else playing those songs at the state fair or whatever they were at. Like those felt totally fine and baked in and organic. It was it was just like you know hanging out on the porch where it got very awkward. Oh yeah, they're at dinner. They pray, fade to black, come back from the fade. 
there on the porch, and he's just got a guitar in his hands, like, <laughs> okay. This movie was originally going to be a B movie, like just like a low budget, just a quick, dirty, whatever. Yeah. Then they add Elvis. They're like, okay, cool. This is gonna, now this is gonna be, we're gonna we're gonna bump the budget up to a million dollars. Now that he's here, we're gonna make it like a real like a yeah. Because I've like I was telling you, man, like this is this is this plot is like a very B west. Like I've seen B westerns mm-hmm. just like this. Yeah. It made a million dollars back on its opening weekend. It was wow. the second biggest movie that weekend behind James Dean's Giant. Wow. Just this past week, they announced that there's going to be a fourth James Dean movie. Oh, Did I you heard, see this? I heard from they're Zelda bringing Williams him back on with Twitter. CGI. Yeah. Like Elvis can't be far behind, right? Well, here's the difference. No one wants more Elvis movies, apparently. <laughs> like, but no, Elvis was in Blade Runner 2049. Was yeah. It? Like Tupac. Performed like I watched the Tales from the Crypt from the '90s where they brought Humphrey Bogart back for an episode. Like this is nothing new. Like this, I'm shocked there hasn't been more of this. You know, I mean, how is this any different? But they've than... never they've never constructed an entire movie around a dead person, though. But how is this different than Paul Walker coming back for another? Because it's not about him. He's just a part of the okay. story. If James yes. Dean is in a movie, but if it's a James Dean movie, like if he's the you star, you know why that's an issue? Because from for so far we've only had fully CGI co-stars. They've never been, you know, like or even Alita Battle Angel, right? Like, yes, that's about the closest that a CGI character has come to running the whole show. Oh, James Teen and Alita Battle Angel too. What worked for Alita is she's in a world of Alitas. You know, yeah. like everyone's fucked up and weird looking in that. And this is just going to be CGI looking James Dean. Is he going to be in like his 30s? Like that? Are they going to age him? Like there's too much. What I feel is like weird about the timing is the technology is obviously better than it's ever been and it's crazy good. Yeah. The Uncanny Valley still exists. Yes. You're still going to be able to tell. I mean, you're going to know it's a CGI James Dean. That's always going to be gnawing at you. You're also going to be able to tell. Yes. The mouth. We just talked about on Too Fast, Too Forever. There's news, quote-unquote news, that mm-hmm. Paul Walker's coming, that Brian O'Connor's coming back for Fast yes. 9. We're talking about whether that's real or not. It's going to be his brother Cody. Paul Walker's brother Cody might take his place, and mm-hmm. they might do the CGI. Because even in Fury 7, there's a handful of scenes that are just... Oh, robotic, which are incredible. Right? Which I didn't know were fake Paul Walker scenes until just recently. I was like, I can't believe that scene. Like, when he when he's putting his son in the car, mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was Because you probably there. watched... We were mentioning, I think, on the Primal episode of Cage Club that you were saying that you have been watching CGI videos, and there's, oh, there's yeah. one breakdown of, like, good and bad CGI, and they say that, like, Furious 7... Is the best. At least as of, you know, a year or two ago, whatever, was the best in terms of, like, the facial... Recon- yeah. In terms of all that, like, by far. So here's what you need to do that well is a look-alike, right? So, like, yes. if you were going to do James Dean, you need to find an actor who... James Franco. Dude, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you gotta do it like that and then you gotta paste the performance over the performance. Like, you can't just build it from the ground up because there's nothing to reference. You need the reference. So what we were just talking about on Too Fast, Too Ever when we talked about the Cody Walker replacing Paul as Brian. So good. In the movie The Congress, which is the Robin Wright movie. Do you know The Congress? Yes, yes. So she she sells sells her likeness likeness, and they just start making movies without her. But that's like set in the future where like that just exists. Yeah. And I feel like that is more kind of believable. Plus in the Congress, like the 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 movies that they're making. The the character's still alive in real life too. Yeah. As they make the movie and the movies that they're making, they're actually having Robin Wright play. It's not like it's a CGI. It's just the idea of that. And I think that that's a fascinating thing. Like does James Dean's estate get money from this who owns the rights to james dean's likeness right. if they remake does the studio in elvis <laughs> presley like who owns the rights to his stuff is it did michael jackson buy it or is that no, am I, conflating I don't know i think elvis's stuff is in the priscilla like now. so so I'm riley keogh gets I'm, so riley keogh gets a cut of maybe. an elvis cgi like, movie imagine it like okay so i want a riley keogh elvis her? movie and, yeah yeah and yeah. not only that, but Priscilla's a great actress. She should come back. I'd, I've, I've, I so speaking know. of Priscilla Presley, she reportedly copied Deborah Paget's hair in this movie no because way. Elvis had a crush on Deborah Paget because she was seeing Howard Hughes. She's like, I don't have time for you, Elvis. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but Priscilla Hughes. Presley because she's got this like gorgeous like poof in the yep. front, like this like the hair down the back, and so Priscilla's like, oh, give me that hair, <laughs> and that's apparently reportedly the story goes. How she wooed Elvis. Because wow. she had her hair. I mean, plus she's Priscilla Presley, but like, or Priscilla, whatever. Also, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't know her maiden name, and I'm so sorry. But she copied the hair to attract Elvis three years later. So I guess like he still like had this like proverbial hard on for yeah. Deborah Paget three yes. years later. Wow. And Priscilla was like, hey, hey, check it out. You want it? You got it. One of my favorite podcasters is Matt Gorley. He's on Super Ego, okay. Pistol Shrimps. He also did I Was There Too. And then the kind of the through line of I Was There Too, which is a fantastic podcast, was he was obsessed with squibs. 
Oh, right, right. When he was in Brooklyn to do a Super Ego Live, he went to a place that squibbed him, and they filmed it, and so he got squibbed. Like, his dream was to get squibbed, nice. and he got squibbed. This movie, Love Me Tender, is also, apparently, the first time a guy was ever squibbed in a movie. Get out of town. Was it Elvis? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because Elvis shoots his brother in the shoulder, so maybe it was the guy he shot. Maybe. Elvis's real-life backup band musicians Scotty Moore, Bill Black, and DJ Fontana were not allowed to play roles in this movie <gasps> they because the, the producers said that they didn't look like country musicians. Elvis is literally from like where this movie takes place. I feel like you know, like he's from around the corner of where the Reno Brothers actually grew up. Yeah, the song "Love Me Tender" is apparently taken from a Civil War ballad. Orelli, A U R E space L E A. The song was first on screen in the 1936 film "Come and Get It," um, then adopted almost from the beginning as the school song quote-unquote school song of west point oh so it's been like this whole historical after the movie robert d webb the director of this offered elvis the starring role in his next movie the weight of the gold but 20th century fox refused to pay he apparently he and colonel tom parker asked for a quarter million dollars plus half the box office return you gotta be crazy they offered him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars plus half the box office. Whoa. So they just wouldn't shell out the other extra hundred grand, and then he walked. Whoa. 20th Century oh, Fox turned out okay. would come to regret not having negotiated a multi-picture contract with Elvis when he signed for this film. He'd go on to become one of the most popular movie icons of the period, placing among the top ten box office stars seven times in the decade Whoa. after Love Me Tender. But only of his 31 movies, Fox would only make three of them. That's crazy. Right? Taglines for the movie, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's Mr. Rock and Roll in the story he was born to play. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I mean, he is Mr. Rock and Roll, but... This is not his story. If anything, you know, the only other Elvis movie I've ever seen is Jailhouse Rock, and that plays a lot closer to that tagline. I love that this posits the role he was born to play <laughs> is second fiddle. Like, the most <laughs> famous musician of all time is like, yeah, yeah, yeah get in the background. Know, number two. Tagline number two. Hear Elvis sing, dot, 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 love me tender, we're gonna move, poor boy, let me. Oh, that's just the track list. Number three, Mr. Rock and Roll! Exclamation point. He's a singing man, a fighting man, a loving man in the story he was born to play. <laughs> okay, well, well, first of all, he doesn't fight anyone. His wife. Oh, he beats up a woman. <laughs> Movie. He also shoots his brother, or he shoots at he shoots at a <laughs> he guy. He shot his brother in the arm. This is not the role he was born to play. And then number four, bringing it all together, <laughs> you'll love him tender in the story he was born oh to play. Oh my god, that's my favorite. <laughs> I love that one's the best. So this movie is a very. I was excited because it has. And introducing yeah, Elvis Presley. That's right. By the way, not an introduction. I know. Everyone knew who he was already. That makes no sense. Hey, in case you're wondering who the new guy is. Look at this kid we just found on the street. Elvis Presley. Heard of him? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. What I really loved about this movie is that there's like the overlude, the oh, like the the score, like throughout the entire oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Love Me Tender. Yeah, I love when movies do that. You love it tender? I love it tenderly. No, but when yeah, when movies use um like a popular song and then infuse it into like the score of the film and you hear different variations of it and stuff. There's a scene in this movie <laughs> after Vance comes back and they're at the dining room table and they're like, I think mom's cooking and Elvis has a saber in his hand. Yeah. And he's going, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, he's so juvenile. Like he's such a little kid for parts of this movie. Yeah, I was watching it with Andrea and she's like, why does he have a sword? I was like, it's a Confederate saber. Like, and he's yeah. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like try it's like playing with your brother's like toy. He's like, God, I love your sword, bro. Let's talk about the songs. There's four songs. It's four songs over two scenes. Yeah. Two songs back to back in each scene. Like he just basically one song stops. He doesn't he just, even say thank you, he just goes to do another song. <laughs> doesn't say thank you very much. Doesn't so that. song number one, we're gonna move. Yep. Because this old house yeah, has a <laughs> Good song. So what's interesting about the songs, there's three that basically are of a type. Yes. It's like kind of country, kind of like real quick. Boppy, yeah. And then there's Love Me Tender. And then there's the Love Me Tender ballad, yes. It fits the movie. Yeah. I think it fits the score. I think it, it's nice at the end. Mm-hmm. I think when you listen to the four songs, like when we like got lunch and we listened to the four songs like four times back and forth yeah. or whatever, it is wildly out of place. It is very out of place. I agree. That song is the reason this movie well, is this movie. What's even crazier is that you, you know mentioned earlier the song has has roots in the Civil War. The Civil War time yeah. too. So like it's the one most fitting 
and yet it feels sort of like the most jarringly out of place for me. Like, it's not that it's a bad song, but out of them, it's my least favorite song in the movie. Well, what's also weird is that when, so he sings, we're going to move, and people are just having a good time on the porch, right? Yeah. They're just like, you know, every sings the two songs is like, ah, just like we used to when he, you know, we had the guitar and we just sang after dinner. It's like, yeah. he sings that song, which is cool. And then he sings Love Me Tender to his mom? To his brother? And I wrote down that everyone's <laughs> feeling some kind of way about this. Like, they're all, like, this song is making them all consider oh, everything. The, the girl is very unhappy during this whole, they, she pictures, she, they shots of her, and she is not having this. Well, the thing about <laughs> her is that, so, so Vance comes back, and he's like, Mama, I'm home, and Mom is overjoyed. Because they thought he was dead. Right. She is like, she's got, got four sons again. The boys are back. And then Kathy comes out, and she's, and she's like, like, oh, no. <laughs> and she's got that look for the whole movie. And Elvis comes up, and Elvis is just like, hey, Vance, good to see you. Yeah, yeah. Kathy looks beautiful. He's like, oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> and then he picks Kathy up. He's like, let's go inside, and like, let's and go do Elvis this. And then Elvis is like, hey, uh, uh, something I, I got to tell you. <laughs> uh, put her down. <laughs> Before uh, we uh, go bang my wife. So uh, we're married. <laughs> and Vance is like, okay. <laughs> he's like, that makes that. He's like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah okay so kathy i feel like like she is she doesn't have a lot to do with this movie uh-huh but oh uh-huh. but <laughs> i think she is remarkable she is so conflicted because she basically loves these two men yeah it felt like she was always going to carry a candle for vance she might never love elvis as much as or clint as much as as vance right but vance died yeah but he's dead clint's here clint's a great guy he's elvis he's elvis how do you not love elvis and then vance comes back <laughs> and it's like uh-oh and so a lot of the movie, she is like very like she vis- like physically yeah. looks anguished. Yes, yes. And it's great. It's she's playing it perfectly. Everyone else is out of their mind in this movie though. Like <laughs> Man, man oh man. Elvis sings Love Me Tender. No one else in this movie sings. It's just Elvis. Yeah. Sings Love Me Tender and then the the scene just the kinda ends. It just kinda fades out. That's when Kathy and Vance wanna have a talk. They're like we we this can't yeah there's a lot like it becomes like a very soap opera for the middle of this the second act it's like all that up until the the because Elvis is up for like come. 25 minutes in like he's basically the break in the two yeah like the first chunk of the movie is Vance and his boys yeah robbing and stealing and and trying to get back home rhyming and stealing rhyming and stealing but then Kathy is like this can't like basically you know that we still love each other I'm married to your brother yes yeah, and Vance is like done. all right I'm gonna leave that's fine like I yeah. get it I can't be here uh, I'm, I'm gonna go, and then it all kind of breaks bad from there. Pretty much, yeah, because then that's when the other guy, the the Yankees, show up looking for their money, and yep. then his gang shows up looking for the rest of their money, and everyone gets greedy and wants the money, and then Vance just wants to turn it all in and go away and just fix everything, and yeah, it becomes a real dramatic second act. It gets real heavy and stuff, and then we get the train robbery, where well, not robbery, but like they break them out of the train, and the third that breaks it into the third act. Where it gets well, before that, we had the schoolhouse scene, and I feel oh, like yeah, that's the uh, the county fair. I feel like there scene. is the opportunity, and it's not the way that the movie goes for him to sort of like funnel or launder the stolen money into the schoolhouse because it's like oh, the schoolhouse cool. needs money. He's got a bunch of money. That he doesn't really want anymore. Now he knows that it's like it's not his. Because they talked about just giving it to the Confederacy, and then they find out that there is no like, more yeah, Confederacy. No confederacy. Yeah. And that's why they're like, oh, like we should just because well, like when they have it, something. they're like, we'll give ten grand to the Confederacy. Seven of us will split the twenty five hundred dollars, and then they're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then they find out there's no Confederacy, and then they're and just then they're suddenly like, okay. like all like set for life. Yeah. I actually wonder how much that would be. It's got to be. It's got to be millions of dollars. Oh, okay. it's like two hundred grand. Okay. It's still good. It's a lot of money, but I, th- I thought it was going to be like like a retirement million. money. It's not. Yeah, it's not that. That feels wrong, but apparently. Well, it's funny know. when uh, when Vance hands the guy a twenty for that suit, and he's like, "I haven't seen a twenty like since this 1863. since before the war." <laughs> like, it's like, God damn. <laughs> so on stage, he sings "Let Me," and then he sings "Poor Boy," which is an all timer. That's the hit. That this this song is great. And those are back to back on stage. I just wrote, I'm laughing every time he poses. (laughs) Because he's bopping and he's doing the move like, you know, you hear about and you've probably seen footage of him, you know, on the Ed Sullivan show or whatever when, you know, the classic Elvis hip shake thing. 
But to see it like this, like... In context? No, I think so, right? So, like, this is what he would have done when you went to see him. Yeah. This is how he performs, and he just does the Elvis dance. It's all I could call it. I don't know what else to call it, except for the Elvis dance. It's like how Michael Jackson just does his thing. Like, it's magic. I don't know what to do. I'm, like, in awe of it. There's always, like, the, if you could go back in time for any one concert or whatever, like, what would you... Like, like, this this has got to be... Like, it's just, like, like any one of his shows, where Mm -hmm. it's just people losing their minds. Like, even, like, in a theater watching this movie, just being there and, like, being around people, like, physically unable to control themselves. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think when the last time that happened to me. Well, so, like, the only thing I can think of is that when the Draft House showed Magic Mike and XXL, they had the rowdy screenings, because the Draft House yeah. is very strict, like, no talking, no texting, but they had explicitly rowdy screenings, so that if you were a woman who wanted to shout at Channing Tatum... You could do that. You could do that. And yeah, I feel like that's kind of the closest thing. Like, like, there's still, like, sex symbols and stuff like that, but, like, not to this extent. Like, this yeah, is crazy. This is insane. This is madness. Elvis pulls a gun on, like, when the when the bad guys show up to the house, Elvis pulls a gun, he's like, I'm going with you! It's just... <laughs> well, it's so crazy how quickly he flips, like, you know, they're able to persuade him and be like, turn him evil, and... I think he's just, he's like, he so just wants naive. to do something. Yeah, he's just really naive. I wants... feel like that's something that's not touched on here, is that I think he just feels kind of, like, stunted. Like, he, yeah, he, he was wants to go to war. Of, he was left out of the war, he's left out of the robbery, he's left out of everything, basically. He's yeah. left out of being a man, kind of, right? Except like, for... he's... You know, I know that it's a different time, but he's still, like, living with his mom, and he's, like, you know, married to... Like, it's not even, like... It's the woman that he loves, but it's, like, it's always kind of also going to be his brother's... And it also feels like... I don't want to say Elvis kind of feels like her pet, but she kind of... It kind of feels like Elvis is, like, not necessarily, like... A puppy. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she loves Elvis. It just seems like she's with him. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, at that time, a woman had to be with a man. Yeah. Like, especially during the 1800s, I would assume. So it was just like, well, I've got a great setup here. I should probably stick with Elvis as opposed to try and find something new out there. Yep. And I think what's really difficult is that Elvis is essentially living his brother's life, right? He's doing the work that his brother probably would be doing around the farm. Mm -hmm. He's married to the woman that his brother would have married. Mm -hmm. He's taking care of his mother the way that his brother would have taken care. He's probably happy. We don't really go too far into Elvis' psyche, I don't think, in this movie. No, but when we see him, he he seems seems happy. happy. Yeah. He's probably wonders maybe if he could have done more. And then Vance comes back and now the life that he's been living, that guy's back now. It's like, right. well, where do I claim think? his life? Right? Yeah, that's tough. And so I think that's why he's so eager to prove himself because he wants to establish a place in this world yeah. in which he can exist. I like that. Right? Yeah. At the end, after Elvis gets shot, Vance tells him everything's going to be all right. Elvis says everything's going to be all right. And then he dies. He dies. I love that. Clinton Reno, born January 14th, 1843, dies April 25th. 1865, and then sings Love Me Tonight. <laughs> so, I thought it was really interesting that Elvis, in a Western, in his first movie, his name is Clint. Who? Because there's an actor, very famous, Who? Na- known for being Who? in Westerns, with the first name Clint. 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 Clint Howard. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Clint, Obi. The Clint Eastwood. So I was thinking of Clint Eastwood the whole time, and then I had another Back to the Future 3 reference for everyone. That's what Marty calls himself when he goes back to the 1800s. He calls himself Mr. Eastwood. I'm just letting you know right now in episode one, I am never going to know Elvis's name. It's He's going to be Elvis in every, in every single movie. <laughs> well, like, that's the only reason, because I have Clint, and it's a Western. I wrote down funny. Clint, but like at one point I wrote Clint, and then I put in parentheses Elvis. I was like, I'm not going to remember <laughs> who Clint is. Oh, there was a real Beverly Hillbillies moment when they put Mama in her chair on the back of the wagon to bring mm. her to the fair. And then Elvis is like, you two ladies look so beautiful. Like, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for both of you today. <laughs> it's like, dude, one of those is your mom. One thing I do want to talk about when we talk about Elvis getting angry. Okay. I don't know if this is good. It feels not good, but it feels genuine. When he's angry, before he gets pushy and chubby with Kathy, he starts talking so fast. Did you yes. notice that? His, like, angry chatter is, like, almost unintentional intelligible. Yeah. Because he's got that... Like, what do you mean by hands on the money and all that thing yeah. mom and daddy? Like, he just strolls out of his mouth. Because I think this takes place in Texas? Yeah, they do go back to Texas. But it doesn't start there. I think it started in Louisiana. Okay. Because Elvis is from Memphis. Yes. And he's got that southern twang. And so it fits here. But then it's almost like 
he's kind of sort of a little bit merging both his natural language with kind of the accent for the film, but then, or like kind of like maybe trying to dial it back a little bit, and then he gets angry, or the character gets angry, and it kind of like he drops the pretense, and he just like, it gets a little bit heavier, thicker accent, yeah. and he's also speaking very quickly. Yeah. It's scary. So what I found from his performance, he's doing a very sort of modern day Southern accent Elvis kind of thing. Like it almost feels like he's toning it down to me, like trying to speak more clearly and yeah. things like that. And then by the end of the movie, it's like he's dropped all of that and he's gone full country and he's not trying to be proper or anything. And, and I think that's and it's happening. Choice, right? Yeah, and I think the anger like releases that. His character seriously just flips a switch and becomes a completely different person. And and like in a good way, like in a way that's believable and stuff. Yeah. And that was one of those character traits about it was his voice that changed. He says like after the the guys are like he's like where's Kathy and they're like oh Kathy and Vance ran off with the money and he's like I always knew it this just showed me it's like whoa mm-hmm. like what he's been, been like living with the resentment thoughts, yeah. but there's also been like four days maybe like it's not <laughs> a long time but maybe but I she's guess been maybe, on his mind for a long time I guess maybe he always knew it like you know she she always loved Vance if I'm this, always number two and this day could like you know even though they were told the brother's dead you never know like this day could have come you know what I'm saying yeah. in the back of your head you're always thinking the worst and like uh oh it's gotten to be the worst when the movie ends does Vance, do Vance and Kathy get married? Oh. 100%, right? Oh, yeah. They're 100%. together. Yeah, absolutely. Or do you think he dies from the bullet wound? No, no, no. He would have died. I think I think he would have died. I think the idea here is... Oh, because that's probably a couple days later when they bury him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, right? and I thought there was a kind of like, I don't want to say nice symmetry, but there's a weird literary symmetry here going on where at the beginning of the movie, the three brothers were thought to be dead. Yeah. And at the one. end of the... And, and, and they come back. And at the end, the one who's alive ends up dying. There's also a nice parallel symmetry here in between Elvis replaces Vance and now Vance replaces Elvis. Yes. There's some stuff going on here, man. And the compositions in this movie are beautiful. Like, yeah. it's shot in two by three. It's, you know, the really thin letterbox. It's black and white. Like, there's one shot where there's all seven gang members in a shot and it just looks so amazing. Uh, and it's just like their heads. It's just like, I don't know. It just looks so good. Since we bought all these DVDs, I think they, because even like when I bought them and then you bought them like a couple months later, I think they all like rocketed in value. Yeah, they did. I bought this, in, in case you want to, like, so when I bought this, I got all 30 movies for probably like $50. Yeah. Because they're rarely standalone. They're all like in collections. So if you want to buy this one, what I have it on is the Elvis 75th birthday collection, which is seven movies, including Love Me Tender. Nice. So I didn't have the opportunity to get them like that. I have a bunch of singles, but I also have a bunch of like... You know, four, like four <laughs> <laughs> and twelve inches, and some twelve-inch records. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have some like four packs, so like there'll be four on a disc yeah. or five a on a disc too, or yeah. things like that too. So yeah, but yeah, there's something about the Elvis movies where they're out of print at the moment, and they go out of print every couple of years. They release them, and then they go like crazy. The Disney Vault. But it's crazy, like that. Like Godzilla films are like that too. Even though Criterion just re-released a whole bunch of them, they don't have English dubs. Like the hold on to your old discs is basically the moral to this. So we have to do two more things. Okay. We need to guess the next movie. Okay. And we also have to give this movie some awards because okay. we decided. So if you listen to other other podcasts of ours, the way that we do it is that we sort of you know best role, worst role, best film, worst film. Okay, a whole slew of nominate awards. things for Tom Hanks movies, for Tom Cruise movies, for Nicolas Cage movies, whatever. I think one thing we got to do is best song because I bet we're gonna get more than one song per movie. You know, so like we gotta pick a song maybe for film. Okay, so each film we could do our favorite song. I think I feel like these are gonna be so different. Yeah, and different think, from everything we do, but like maybe but like, similar to each other. I but also, also, I don't know. I feel like episode to episode they're gonna be weirder and different too. But like I kind of don't want to. No, we don't want to have like an, an award show at the end. Like we're just gonna give them like award them something on the episode. So okay. best song, uh, poor boy, poor right? boy, yeah. I love that song. What else about this movie stands out? Like, what do you think? Like, when you think about this movie, like, if you, you know, in a year, two years, whatever, when we're still doing this project because it's going to take forever, what about this is going to stand out? Best hair. I mean, everyone's hair. Her, I think her hair is better than Elvis's hair in this God. movie. She's gorgeous. I, can't, I didn't know she was with Hughes at the time. That makes perfect sense. Written by Robert Buckner and Morris Garatti. Oh, we got to keep an eye on the directors at some point because one guy's going to end up directing like almost all of these. I looked at a bunch of these and I think basically everybody who was involved in the making of, not necessarily the actors, but everybody involved in the making of, never worked with Elvis again. And this feels like a lot of them, like this is the most most popular, most seen thing that they've ever done. Not saying that that's, because I mean, this is a very popular movie. Yeah. One of my favorite things is right up at the beginning when they rob the station 
um, and shoot the station agent and all that kind of thing. Like, I just love the, the, the idea that the war is over and people don't know. Because how are you going to know? Like, how are you going to know unless someone tells you, right? So, well, like, there's, like, the islands where people still think that, like, the Vietnam War is Exactly. Going on. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of with this kind of thing. Or, like, you would get that in Japan on some of those secluded islands, right, with World War II. They'd, they'd say they'd run into people who still thought the war was on and everything. So I love that idea. I like that they started off playing with that. I'm pretty sure this same movie was made with Roy Orbison as the fastest guitar in the West, where, like, a bunch of them just, like, they don't know the war is over, so they steal all this money from the North, and then they go south and they, but i think they end up working at like a the fastest show guitar book. alive fastest guitar alive the south is losing the civil war and the coffers are nearly empty a group of confederate spies steals a shipment of gold in san francisco <laughs> and attempts to deliver to the confederate general in el paso others know about the gold and seek to steal it from them but the spies have a secret weapon a guitar that shoots bullets holy moly yeah headed by roy orbison himself yeah. so it's and it's kind of like an el mariachi thing going on in there too Wonderful. with the guitar uh, django with the guitar weapon thing. I don't know if we're going to be able to really... I think this is, again, something we're going to learn. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. where 1 is makes perfect sense for there to be music in the movie, 10 okay. is... Right. No this sense. movie could 100% exist. Like They basically don't even acknowledge. Right. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to have a 10, but we might have a 10. Where would you rank this one? It's got to be close to a 10. Here's what does it... The porch is completely... Out of question, yeah, yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. Automatic five for the porch okay. being super so bad. So scale of one to five, yeah, yeah. It's automatically a five. But what saves it from going any lower are the other two songs being performed at like a state fair kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? Like it, they're very, not not the not the tone of the, the songs are wildly <laughs> out of date. I'm not saying that. But you would go to raise money for the courthouse or the you know clock tower or the schoolhouse, and there'd be a band playing it and does, a guy singing. It does feel like in a modern day movie, the scene of the fair would open on the band. They would play a note, and then the camera would pan away. But here, it just stays on the band for five minutes yeah. because it's Elvis, right? So five or six? Let's say six. Let's say six. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to go any lower than five. Anything else about this movie that we want to nominate, good or bad? I mean, I I honestly don't know if we're gonna see a better shot Elvis film because it's just beautiful. it's shot like a classic movie. Like yeah. I feel like most movies just look this good back then and without even trying too hard but that's the thing like even if you're not into it like you could appreciate the craft of this movie it's really well put together before we guess the next movie mm. I was looking at Elvis's IMDb you know how like the top four like most what they're most known for I was thinking is this in there because this is the first movie Jailhouse Rock no no I don't this is Viva Las Vegas no the number one movie I have Harem never heard of no <laughs> One of these is huge. Okay. What's maybe the biggest movie that you have not said yet? Also, this is making you guess things that maybe you don't well, even know in like movies. King Creole is my favorite song. That's the nope. movie. Wait, what's the other army movie? There's an army movie. Just lay it on me. So number four is G.I. Blues. G.I. Blues. There's the army one. Number three is the other big one you didn't say, Blue Hawaii. Oh, right? yeah. Isn't that the one that Cage talks about in Honeymoon uh, in Vegas? Oh, boy. Look at this picture. That's beautiful. Number two... Girls, girls, girls. Okay. Number one, a movie I've never heard of. Number 18 on our list, Tickle Me? What? The That's on our Elvis list? I don't even known for. I can't even. Tickle Me. I bought that a movie called Tickle Me? I got it in the four film favorites Elvis Presley musicals. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. How isn't he more well known for. How isn't like the comeback special on there or the Hawaiian special on there or something? Like, that's wild. Couldn't tell you, my man. The next movie we're doing, 1957, one year later, going from Love Me Tender to Loving You. Oh, I So Love Me, it. Love You. What do you think, Loving You, a movie that it's the only one of these that I own on VHS, because I think this is the expensive one. Oh, I just, okay, so I I have a Region 2 copy of this I got for like six bucks. What do you think Loving You is about? (sighs) This is so, like, it's impossible to tell from the title. Do you think they called it Loving You because it's so close to Love Me Tender? Like, that's how it feels. It's like, we need to stick along the same lines of the the title. I'm going to sort of do a little reversal of Love Me Tender. I'm going to say Elvis. Yep was supposed to marry someone, gets into an accident, falls into like a coma and goes to the hospital, comes out of the coma to like get back to his life and finds out the girl is in love with married someone else. Maybe his younger brother. I doubt they'll do that two movies in a row. But I think it might be something like that. Like maybe Elvis. On the other side of the coin. We're still in the era of those old movies where you would get like one of those dramas about like a guy, uh, a fish out of water in his own life. Like he was in an accident, he comes out of a coma and he has to like rediscover who he is kind of thing. Okay. Loving you. As good a guess as any. And he has to learn to love himself. 
motorcycle movie. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to be Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Maybe not a straight adaptation, but it's a forbidden love. Okay. And he's going to sing to, you know, sing the titular song Loving You, which I do not know, from the ground to a girl in her window. Oh, nice. Serenade. It's the story of how he's, maybe it's like a wrong side of the tracks. He's a poor boy. Uh-huh. Poor, boy. Poor, boy. poor boy. And she's like a wealthy woman, a wealthy family, you know, wealthy girl and wealthy family. The dad doesn't want it, and eventually he breaks okay. down the dad's resistance because he's Elvis. That sounds a lot more believable than, than my guess, but... So, okay. Mine so, was more like a Steven Seagal movie. Here's, <laughs> so here's, here's a couple things. Love Me Tender has a 6.2 on IMDb, which is not bad. Okay. Solid. On Letterboxd is a 2.9, which again... Mm, that's is, a little low. I gave it three this time. The write-up, Elvis Presley's, with a T in it, uh-uh. Elvis Presley's first film is a Civil War drama. Complete yep. write-up. Totally true, though. <laughs> I'm Actually, the here. war's over, so it should be post-Civil War. I'm trying to gauge where these fit, right? So Love yeah. Me Tender has been seen by 858 people on Letterboxd. That's Not it. a ton. Wow. I don't think a lot of people have seen... Like, I don't think the Letterboxd crowd and the Elvis crowd well, really overstep. I, I don't know, because the, 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 the Letterboxd crowd cannot be defined. Like, it's They're all high school f- girls. They're all high school girls. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, the most popular accounts. This <laughs> is, is not really? This is not me making exaggerations. Okay. They're all, like, queer high school girls who, like, found their place. Like, they, like, it's a very huh. young, gay... Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're a very specific subsect of, subsect yeah. of Tumblr became Letterboxd. I think of. my issue is then that the only people I follow on Letterboxd are, are like cinephiles. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I well, was like, Well, that also what? exists. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, if they're outnumbered, then I have no idea what's happening. Because if on you that look site. at like the most popular, like a lot of the most popular accounts are all like 17, 18, 19 year old okay. kids who are. You so know. you're saying create a fake account as a 19-year-old for my letterbox profile and I'll get more traffic. No, I'm not Never actually going to do that. Never said that. <laughs> you winked when so I said that. So loving you, 6.5 on IMDb, a little bit higher. Okay. 3.1 okay. on letterbox, a little We're bit higher. Up. A musician and publicist help a delivery man Whoa. achieve stardom. Way off. Elvis Presley, Elizabeth Scott, directed by Hal Cantor. It's also crazy to think like, Basically, everyone in all these movies is dead. <laughs> that was not where I thought you were going to go with that, but yeah. In front of and behind the camera. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All on, all, on all sides of the spectrum. I mean, some of them died recently. Dead. All right, and on that oh, note. Look at this production. Like, that, I am looking forward <laughs> oh, to this. Oh, that looks nice. Yeah. He's got to kiss a woman in every movie, right? Did he kiss anyone in this movie? Did we see him? I know he hit her. As Florence on the Machine saying a kiss with a fist is better than none. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, clear, in that production image, he kisses a girl in the next movie. I'm not against ever watching this one again, though. I'll say that much. Like, yeah. this is not a movie that I'm just going to like throw on the shelf and forget about. Like, this is actually a pretty good western. That's all right. This is like entry level. That's all right, western. mama. That's all right, mama. This is like entry level western, though. Like, it doesn't have like great action or or like huge stars, which would later on like really elevate westerns the most. Is like the action sequences and like the people playing. But like story wise, this is very typical. This is very typical. It's got western. horses. The motorcycles of the old west. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's right around, like, most of the best westerns that I like happen right around the end of the Civil War, but before the turn of the century, where it's like that gray zone where everyone was trying to, like, re-figure out, like, what's the country now? What's, yeah. you know, like, mountain men were coming down from the hills and, like... So this is right in your sweet spot. Yeah, as far as, like, the type the timeline. Of, yeah, the timeline, yeah. Well, we'll be back... At the very latest, in a month, because there's a new Nicholas Cage movie coming out, Grand Isle. <laughs> and then maybe the, even the latest after that, a month, because... Oh, yeah, I think... So what I'm thinking now for Cage Club is that even when there's a movie in theaters, I think we need to do an episode, like, like especially yeah. for Cage, we can't wait. No. I mean, Colorado Space, we're already behind on because it's already been out in festivals true, and stuff. But true. I think when Colorado Space comes out, we need to go to the theater together, see the movie, yep. go back, do an, do an app, do an Elvis... Put them both out. I agree. At the very latest, there'll be one more episode, or at least, very least, one more episode this year. Actually, probably two, because mm-hmm. we talked about in the episode zero, I'll come up to do, do the uh, two or three movies in a day. Oh, right. We're going to go. We've got a Hanks right. or a Cruise movie to record. That's right. And so we'll do an Elvis then. So there's going to be a couple more this year, which I think we are rocketing through it <laughs> at a pace that I was not expecting. Yeah, we are definitely uh, ahead of schedule as far as I thought we'd be right now with Elvis movies. For all 26 shows in the Cage Club podcast network, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, king, K-I-N-G, at cageclub.me. Let us know what you thought of Love Me Tender. What's your favorite song? It better be Poor Boy. Just subject line, Poor Boy. Poor Boy. Oh, poor Boy. <laughs> Come back in probably a month or so. Just, I mean, basically, stay subscribed. Yeah, just stay subscribed. We'll be back. It's like a, it's like a random gift. 
That's right. Yeah, exactly. That hopefully you like. A nice little treat that'll show up once in a while. Loving you coming in December. Yep. If not before, I don't know. We'll see. Off to a good start, I think. I do too. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manson. And we'll see you next time for Loving You right here on Viva Pod Vegas. Well, thank you very much. They call me poor boy, poor boy, poor boy. But I ain't lonesome and I ain't blue. Cause I could never be a poor boy as long as I've got a darling like you. Ain't got a crust.